After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Israhil Aziz stated that in three days' time, it will be 23rd March, and it was on this day that the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, inaugurated the system of Baid, and thus, with his claim to be the promised Messiah, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community was formally established. This day is commemorated in the Jamaat as Yawmi Masiyah Maud, i.e. the Promised Messiah Day, and Jalsas are also held with regards to this day. We are also informed about the claims and the purpose of the advent of the Promised Messiah as well. And therefore, although three days are still remaining, but the next Friday will be many days after this, Therefore, in view of this day, I will present some quotes of the Promised Messiah in his own words. Also, it may well be that due to the recent outbreak of the virus, the Jalsas may not be possible to be held in most of the countries. Therefore, in addition to my sermon, Programs will also be broadcast on MTA with regards to this day. And so every Ahmadi should endeavour to listen to them at home along with their children. The promised Messiah was sent in servitude to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to continue his mission and to propagate his faith across the world. Hence, the Promised Messiah once stated that I invoke Darud, i.e. salutations upon the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, for it is for his sake that Allah the Almighty established this community, and it is due to his grace and his blessings that we are witnessing these signs of support. The Promised Messiah further states that I openly proclaim and this indeed is my very belief and creed that no person can attain any spiritual benefit and blessing without following the footsteps of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. 
Therefore, it is owing to the spiritual blessings that he received from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that Allah the Almighty sent the promised Messiah for the reformation of the world. Allah the Almighty sent the promised Messiah to re-establish the glory and prestige of Islam. Hence, the promised Messiah states, وَأَرْسَلَنِي رَبِّي لِإِسْلَاحِ الْخَلْقِ That is, and God sent me so that I may reform mankind. Then, further elaborating regarding the purpose of his advent, the promised Messiah states, I must say, and I cannot be stopped from repeating this, that I am the promised one who has been sent to restore the faith, to re-establish it in the hearts of men. I have been sent exactly as was sent the one to follow the man of God they call Kalimullah. I have come like him whose spirit underwent hardships in the reign of Herod and was at last raised to heaven. Announcing that the Messiah, who was promised by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had appeared on his appointed time, the promised Messiah states, So, O my brethren, I implore you in the name of God, that do not commit excesses against me, for it was imperative that I present to you those things which you instantly fail to comprehend. If you were already on the right path, then there was no need for my advent. I have mentioned previously that I have come in the spirit of Jesus, son of Mary, for the reformation of this ummah in the same manner Jesus was sent to reform the Jews. For this very reason I have appeared in the likeness of Jesus, son of Mary, and I have been commissioned with the same task that was assigned to him. After his advent, the Messiah removed many of the harmful innovations and erroneous beliefs that the Jews held. And one of those beliefs was that the Jews believed that Elijah would appear in this world again. In the same way, the Muslims of today believe that Jesus, son of Mary, would descend from the heavens. Thus, the Messiah stated that Elijah would not descend from the skies, and instead John the Baptist, son of Zechariah, was Elijah in his spiritual form and those who wish to accept him should do so. The Messiah removed the misconception of the Jews, and as a result of this, he was declared to be a heretic and infidel. Yet he explained all that what was true. The same is the case for his spiritual manifestation, in that this humble one has also been declared a heretic, like the Messiah. Thus, is this not a similarity of the highest order, The promised Messiah did not only state that his advent was for the Muslims alone. In fact, his advent was significant for every religion and every nation. On one occasion, the promised Messiah stated that finally let it be clear that my advent in the present age is not for the reformation of the Muslims alone. 
but I have come to reform the people of all three religions, Muslims, Christians and Hindus. Just as God has appointed me the promised Messiah for the Muslims and Christians, so am I the avatar for the Hindus. And for the past 20 years or so, I have been proclaiming that just as I have appeared in the spirit of the Messiah, son of Mary, for the purpose of removing sins which have filled the earth, so have I come as Raja Krishna, one of the greatest avatars of the Hindu faith. In other words, I am the same person by virtue of spiritual reality. This is no fancy or speculation on my part. But the God of heaven and earth has revealed to me, not once but a number of times, that for the Hindus I am Krishna, and for the Muslims and Christians I am the promised Messiah. The promised Messiah further states that I know that the ignorant Muslims on hearing this will immediately say that by assuming the name of Kafir, a disbeliever, I have openly accepted disbelief. But this revelation is from God and I have no choice but to proclaim it. Today, it is for the first time that I am announcing it before such a large gathering, for those who are from God are never afraid of the reproaches of fault finders. This was stated by the Promised Messiah in Lecture Sialkot, which was a lecture delivered by him in front of a large gathering of Muslims and Hindus. Furthermore, with regards to the significance of his advent, the Promised Messiah writes, When man acts contrary to the commandments of Allah the Almighty, it becomes a means of him committing sin. Even if a soldier is sent by the government with a written order, the one who disobeys that directive would be deemed guilty and punished as a result. And so, if this is the case with mere mortal rulers, what then would be the state of the one who disrespects and shows no regard for a directive issued by the best of judges, i.e. Allah the Almighty. The Promised Messiah states that God Almighty holds his honour dear to him, and in an age of sin and vice, God Almighty commissioned his servant and sent him according to the need of the time, so that he can guide people towards the right path. Thus, for one to trample all over this wise judgment is a grave sin. The Promised Messiah then further states that man can never fathom the wisdom behind God's design. After all, what is man that he can lay claim to understanding the divine wisdom? The wisdom of God's design is evident and manifest for this age to see. The Promised Messiah then further states that previously, referring to his time, if a Muslim would abandon his faith, there would be a great hue and cry. But now Islam is in such a weakened state that approximately 100,000 people have turned their back on Islam. The Promised Messiah then states that Islam is a pure and flawless religion. However, it has been attacked in such a manner that there are hundreds of thousands of books written which are filled with vile abuse against the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Some magazines are printed in the millions and if everything that has been written against Islam is gathered together at one place, it would form an enormous mountain. And the case of the Muslims is that it seems as if they are lifeless and have become like corpses. 
In times like these, if God Almighty also remains silent, then one can only imagine what would be the outcome. But one strike from God Almighty is far greater than even a thousand assaults of man, and this one strike alone would be enough for his religion to triumph over others. The Christians have spent the past 1900 years crying out that Jesus was God. Subsequently, their religion grew and the Muslims are helping them in this cause. The Christians have been equipped with an excellent weapon in that they say Jesus is alive and our Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away. The promised Messiah further states that in Lahore, Lord Bishop presented this argument in front of a large congregation and no Muslim was able to reply to it. However, Mufti Muhammad Sadiq Sahib, a member of our community who was present at the time, stood up and reciting verses from the Holy Quran, a hadith, books of history, and also from the Bible, he proved that Jesus salam, had passed away and that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is alive because there have always been individuals who have attained blessings through him and demonstrated miracles and excellences through the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And the Lord Bishop was unable to reply to this. The Promised Messiah then says, I once sent an announcement to a group of Christians in Ludhiana saying that there was little difference in our mutual beliefs. And what harm is there if they were to accept that Jesus had passed away and did not ascend to the heavens? For this they became infuriated and said that if they accept that Jesus had passed away and did not ascend to the heavens, then there will not be a single Christian left in the world. The Promised Messiah states, Always remember that God Almighty is all-knowing and wise. He has implemented this design so that the enemy may perish. Why do the Muslims remain adamant upon this point? Was Jesus superior to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? If you hold animosity towards me, then do not exceed all limits and act in a manner that would destroy Islam. God Almighty does not implement anything that is ineffective and without this belief regarding the death of Jesus, one cannot break the cross. On another occasion, the Promised Messiah stated that the actual mission for which God has appointed me is to remove the estrangement that has come between man and his Creator and to re-establish a relationship of love and sincerity between him and his Lord. He has also appointed me to put a stop to religious wars by proclaiming the truth, to create religious harmony and to reveal the religious truths that have long remained hidden from the mortal eyes and to display the true spirituality that lies submerged under the darkness of selfish passions. The Promised Messiah then further continues that I have also been sent to demonstrate practically and not just in words how divine powers enter man and how they are manifested through prayer and concentration. But first and foremost, I have been sent to re-establish forever the lost belief in the unity of God, Aitohid, which is pure and luminous and unadulterated by any form of idolatry, Aishirk. The Promised Messiah then further states that all of this will not come about by my power, but by the mighty hand of the Lord of heavens and the earth. While God has taken upon Himself the task of my spiritual training and has inspired me through His revelation with a zeal to bring about this reformation, 
He has also prepared hearts that are ready to accept my words. And I observe that ever since God has sent me, a great revolution has begun to take shape in the world. The promised Messiah stated this in his lecture Lahore. Then, further expounding on the fact that owing to Allah the Almighty's mercy and in order to save mankind, God Almighty sends His chosen servants and reformers. The promised Messiah states, It is God's eternal law that when suffering and hardship reach the extreme, His mercy is aroused and He creates the means for the alleviation of the world's troubles. For example, when drought causes a severe famine and people are about to perish, God the Noble causes rain to fall. Likewise, when there is an epidemic and thousands begin to die, Allah the Almighty causes some means for purifying the air or some remedy to be found. Or when a nation is in the grip of a tyrant, he is ultimately replaced by a just and benevolent ruler. The promised Messiah then further states that in the same way, when people forsake the path of God Almighty and renounce Tawheed, i.e. the oneness of God and the worship of God, then Allah the Almighty raises someone whom He grants perfect vision and honors him with His word and revelation in order to guide mankind and to bring about a reformation of the evil that has occurred. The promised Messiah then further continues that the truth is that God is the sustainer on whom depends the existence and continuity of the universe. He does not deprive his creatures of his benevolent attributes and nor does he suspend them. Rather, they instantly come into play when they are required. On another occasion, the promised Messiah states, Extremely blessed and fortunate is one whose heart is pure and desires for the manifestation of Allah the Almighty's greatness and glory, because such a person is given precedence by Allah the Almighty over others. As for those who oppose me, then our decision between us lies before Allah the Almighty. Allah the Almighty knows the reality of our hearts, and He knows whose hearts are inclined towards the attraction of this world and whose hearts are filled with fervency and fervor for Allah the Almighty. The Promised Messiah further states, And remember well that one can only excel in spirituality until one purifies their heart. When one's heart becomes pure and cleansed, it develops a particular strength and faculty to progress in spirituality. One is then endowed with all kinds of means to progress further. Ponder over the example of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He was alone, and whilst in this very state, he proclaimed, Ya ayyuhan nasu, inni rasulullahi alaykum jamia. That is, O mankind, truly I am a messenger to you from Allah. The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, states, 
that who could have imagined at the time that the claim of such an individual who was all alone would come to fulfilment. Moreover, he faced such hardship which we have not even endured a fraction of what he did. Then granting advice to the world in general, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam states, My ultimate advice to you is that you show concern for your faith. Let it not be the case that owing to your arrogance and negligence, you become counted amongst the rebellious ones in the eyes of the Almighty Allah. Ponder that God Almighty has looked upon you at a time that had been destined from before. Thus strive so that you can become the recipient of these blessings. God Almighty witnessed from the heavens that one who had been granted honor is being punished under the feet and verbal abuse is being hurled at the Prophet who is the best amongst all of mankind. And he is counted amongst the evil ones and liars and similarly his book which is the Holy Quran is being described with ill words and deemed as a book authored through human effort. Thus, Allah the Almighty remembered his promise which has been recorded in the following verse of the Holy Quran, Inna nahnu nazzalna dhikra wa inna lahu lahafizun. That is, verily, we ourselves have sent down this exhortation, and most surely we will be its guardian. The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, further continues, that today is the day for the fulfillment of this promise. Through mighty onslaughts and all kinds of signs, Allah the Almighty has proven that this community has been established by Him. Have you ever witnessed such clear and manifest signs of God Almighty as you have witnessed now? God Almighty fought against the non-Muslims like a wrestler and defeated them. There was a battle in the case of Atom, and now search for yourself and see where Atom is. Today he lies buried in the ground. And in accordance to the conditions stipulated in the divine revelation, he was granted respite for a while, and then in accordance to the condition mentioned in the divine revelation, he was taken in the grasp of the Almighty. The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, further states that the second battle was with Lekram. Ponder how God Almighty triumphed in that battle. You witnessed with your very eyes that the signs regarding his death which had been divinely prophesied from before were all fulfilled. The sign of God Almighty's wrath brought sorrow upon an entire people. Thus, have you ever witnessed such glorious signs manifest right before your eyes? Therefore, O progeny of the Muslims, do not dishonor the works of God. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, then further states that the third battle was on the occasion of the Maut Sur Jalsa. And again reflect upon how God Almighty caused Islam to triumph and made you witness his sign. God Almighty had revealed from before to his servant that his essay will be declared supreme and indeed his promise was fulfilled. Furthermore, the blessed impact of this essay had left everyone in awe of it. Thus, was this the work of God or then someone else? The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, here is referring to the Jalsa, i.e. the gathering, in which his book, The Philosophy of the Teachings of Islam, was read out. 
and God Almighty had revealed its success and supremacy from before. The promised Messiah والسلام, therefore had issued an announcement from before and in the end the non-Muslims all openly acknowledged that indeed out of all the essays presented this was the most successful. The promised Messiah والسلام, then states that the fourth battle was against Dr. Henry Martin Clark in which the Christians, Aryan Muslims in opposition to me were all united in their efforts to falsely prove me guilty of attempted murder. But God Almighty had revealed to me from before that they will fail in their efforts. And this revelation was shared with almost 200 people from before, and in the end, victory was indeed granted to us. The fifth battle was the case against Mirza Ahmad Beg of Hushyarpur. His family members and close associates would ridicule Islam, while some of their staunchest apostates would strongly oppose the Holy Quran and would hurl abuse and demand a sign of Islam from me, and even publish announcements for this. Thus, God Almighty revealed a sign that Ahmad Beg shall be made to witness the death of some of his relatives and also some afflictions and ultimately shall pass away within the period of three years. And indeed, this is precisely what happened and he died within the time period outlined so that it could be made evident that one who exceeds the bounds shall ultimately be punished. Thus, the promised Messiah والسلام, warned the world that they ought not to oppose one who has been commissioned by God Almighty. When God Almighty sends someone, He then supports him with His help and succor and shows His signs. The promised Messiah والسلام, has stated that God Almighty has revealed to me in manifest words that a warner came unto the world, but the world accepted him not. Yet God shall accept him and demonstrate his truthfulness with powerful signs. Therefore, the spread of the Ahmadiyya community in over 200 countries of the world is a testimony to the fact that Allah the Almighty is continuously establishing the truthfulness of the promised Messiah in the world. May Allah the Almighty enable us to contribute towards fulfilling the mission of the promised Messiah and become a part of it, and may He increase us in our faith and conviction and enable us to fulfill our responsibilities. Now I would like to talk about the pandemic that has spread in these days and present the views and analysis of the secular world in relation to this. Philip Johnston writes in the Daily Telegraph on 18th March 2020 that Netflix and other platforms report that one of the most popular movies currently being streamed is Contagion, a film from 2011. He writes that the plot concerns the spread of a virus, desperate attempts by medical researchers and public health officials to identify and contain the disease, the loss of social order, and finally the introduction of a vaccine to halt its spread. He then goes on to say, that I wonder whether our predilection for apocalyptic films is a response to a long period of stability and prosperity which in the West at least, most of us complacently assume would just carry on forever. He then writes that it is extraordinary to think that in the space of a fortnight, our world has been turned completely upside down, all our plans put on hold, and he further writes that our hopes for the future are now uncertain.
He further writes, Neither the threat of nuclear winter war nor the impact of various economic crashes, including the most recent, was anything like what this pandemic is now causing. He further writes, Even during the last war, people went out to the theatre and the cinema, to restaurants and cafes, to clubs and pubs. Indeed, that is one way they got through. Yet that is denied to us. Philip Johnston then further writes, Most of us who have grown up since the Second World War have come to expect a steady state of prosperity, stability and contentedness that most previous generations never imagined possible and nor would they have been complacent enough to believe it. He then further writes that the hope is that science will come to the rescue with a vaccine or cure and perhaps it will. He then further added that trials began in Seattle in USA today on human volunteers. However, the bad news is that it will take months to know even if this vaccine will work. He further writes that throughout history people have reached for their faith to get them through events such as this. Throughout history, if such dangerous events transpired, people took refuge in their faith. And so he continues to say, and they turned towards God to give meaning to what has happened to them and their loved ones. He then further writes, that atheists tend to take a secular humanist view of man's propensity always to better himself. And this is essentially an enlightenment concept he writes that this is essentially an enlightenment concept that natural processes can always be improved by human effort and not to be ascribed to fate or the wrath of God. He then further writes that how many times have we heard people say that everything will be okay because scientists will work something out whether it be global warming or the issue of pandemics. However, we are about to find out whether such optimism is justified. And if it is not, he says, then I might be heading back to church. In other words, he is saying that right now he is far from religion and God, and in view of the current circumstances and condition of the world, and also if what scientists are saying does not transpire, then we should also think about going back to the church and religion. Therefore, the virus has compelled the world to reflect about returning to God. However, the true God and the living God is only the God of Islam. The God who has announced to show the path towards himself for those who desire to do so and he has announced to those who take only a step towards him that he shall hold their hands and take them many steps forward and to take them in his protection. Thus, in view of these circumstances, where we need to reform ourselves, we also need to effectively carry out the belief, i.e. propagating the message of Islam.
We must, more than ever before, acquaint the world with Islam. And moreover, every Ahmadi should try and inform the world that if you desire salvation, then you must recognize your God who has created you. And that if you desire a noble end, then recognize your God who has created you, because the best end is the life in the hereafter. Do not hold associates with him and fulfill the right of his creation. So we must always make this effort. May Allah the Almighty enable everyone to do so. And now even people of the world are saying that these pandemics will continue to increase. And so for this reason, like I have said, for a noble end it is essential that we also turn towards Allah the Almighty and then inform the world that the true end is the life in the hereafter for which you must return to Allah the Almighty. In relation to this, a warning of an expert that was published in the Times on 6th March is that the chances of a dangerous virus's genetic mutations becoming normal are very high and along with this, within a matter of years, a new coronavirus can potentially spread in the world. And it is also written that maybe every three years a new disease may surface. Then, the Bloomberg also wrote an article stating scientists can conquer coronavirus, but humanity's war against epidemics is endless. And it states that in the evolutionary arms race between humanity and the microbes, the bugs are making a comeback. And since 1970, more than 1,500 new pathogens have been discovered, according to the World Health Organization. And epidemics in the 21st century are spreading faster and further than ever. It then further states that outbreaks that were previously localized can now become global very rapidly. But in any case, these details go much further and they cannot all be presented now. But as I have mentioned previously, that for our noble end, we need to develop a connection with Allah the Almighty more than before. May Allah the Almighty enable us to do so. I have previously already given guidelines about the coronavirus pandemic and will give a reminder now because this is spreading across the world very quickly and the effect is greatly being felt here as well. The government has therefore been forced to take further steps and stricter measures. When diseases and pandemics surface, they can take everyone in their grasp and for this reason, everyone should take great caution. One should act upon the advice of the government, and those who are elderly, ill, or have such illnesses that weaken the immune system should take great caution. Likewise, the elderly should really leave the house, and this is what the government has also announced, unless someone has very good health, but generally they should remain at home. Also, take precaution when attending the mosques as well. 
offer the Jummah, i.e. the Friday prayers at your local mosques. And even by the looks of the attendance here today at the Mubarak Mosque, it seems people are offering Jummah prayers at their local mosques, unless the government says not to gather for Jummah either. Furthermore, women should generally avoid coming to the mosque. They come with children, therefore they should avoid this. Also, doctors are generally advising to pay attention to rest in order to increase our immune system and therefore attention should be paid towards getting enough sleep. And so, make sure you have enough sleep, yourselves and also your children. An adult should get 6 to 7 hours of sleep and children require 9 to 8 or 10 hours of sleep. And so attention should be paid towards this and it should not be the case that one stays awake watching television up until midnight and then in the morning misses the Fajr prayer and thereafter gets up in a rush for work that one has to get to in a few hours and remains lethargic and lazy throughout the day along with tiredness from work and so this is how diseases and illnesses attack. In the same manner, instill this habit of sleeping early and waking up early within children as well having eight to nine hours of sleep. Furthermore, avoid eating junk foods from shops, especially crisps that people give to children to eat, or such foods that have preservatives in them. These are harmful to health and should be avoided, because such foods also slowly weaken the human body. Doctors are also advising to continuously drink water in these days. It is essential to drink some water every hour or every half hour or so, and this is also a way to stay protected from illnesses. Then, hands should be kept clean. If Even if sanitizers are not available, then wash your hands frequently. And as I mentioned before, that those who perform the ablution at least five times a day, they seize the opportunity to remain clean, so pay attention to this as well. Regarding sneezing, as I have said before, cover the nose with a handkerchief when at the mosque, at home and in general. Or as some doctors have now advised, the sneeze into your arm so the droplets do not spread. But in any case, hygiene is very important and great attention should be paid to this. However, the ultimate solution is prayer and we should pray that Allah the Almighty protects us all from this illness and from its ill effects. We should also pray for all those Ahmadis who have contracted this illness in whatever manner and for those whom doctors suspect have the virus. In fact, pray for all those who are suffering with any kind of illness. Similarly, like I have mentioned before, the virus affects those with underlying health conditions. Therefore pray for such people as well 
that may Allah the Almighty always keep them in His protection. In general, pray for everyone that may Allah the Almighty keep the world protected from the ill effects of this pandemic and may Allah the Almighty grant full health to all those who are ill and pray that whilst granting health to every Ahmadi, may Allah the Almighty also increase them in their faith and belief.